Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the Practical Voice Podcast. This episode of VUX World is brought to you by Speebly. Speebly lets you interact with a website using your voice. It's absolutely fantastic. There's a little icon that you'll get when you use the script on your website and you click the icon and then you can speak to Speebly and speak to the website with your voice. All it does is essentially you can use Dialogflow, point Dialogflow at it. So if you've got an Alexa skill or a Google Assistant action and you use Dialogflow, then you just point Dialogflow to the back end and you can speak to a website and interact with your action via the website. Or you can make some tweaks to the Dialogflow and you can then speak to the website and it will navigate the website for you. So on VUX World, I could say, play me a podcast on sound design and it will play you this episode from Audio UX and Eric Say. Uh, it will just take you to that web page. Also, for VUX World listeners, if you create if you're creating these things anyway and you make one of these things available on your clients websites then speebly will give you a percentage of the monthly revenue that they generate from your client so essentially you'll have built the skill or the action anyway you'll have got the thing set up in dialogue flow anyway you may as well you know tell your client that they can have it accessible via their website and then you get paid for it so the user wins because they can interact with the client's website through voice. The client wins because they're extending their action into their web environment. And you win because you get paid every month. Fantastic. So go to speebly.com slash V-U-X to find out more. That's S-P-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash V-U-X. On today's episode, we're speaking to Eric C of audio ux we're advancing the conversation that we had which was a well-received conversation that we had with joel beckerman of man-made music and we are getting into detail on sound design we're looking at the challenges that exist right now from a sound design perspective not just in the voice world but also in the broader sense of the term from a sonic branding perspective what challenges exist currently then we're looking at how we can apply sonic branding to the creation of voice experiences and eric walks us through a really good walkthrough of how you can find places within a voice experience where to insert sounds but eric's approach isn't necessarily just to pepper the experience with little snippets of sound it's actually to create an experience using audio from beginning to end so we get into things like dialogue design we get into things like text-to-speech voices and ssml and things like that it is absolutely you know definitely definitely advances the conversation on sound design and we even leave a little bit on the table so i think we'll have to get eric back as well to dive even deeper but this will take you deeper into sound design this is eric c on vux world vux world vux world vux world vux world branding with the big faces i love listening to it Kane sims Kane sims Kane sims the one and only britain's finest mr Kane sims dustin 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 coach i like it when you guys are together and talking about voice without further ado welcome to the show well, Eric C., welcome to VUX World. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Kane. It's great to finally finally speak on the podcast. Yeah, we've been going back and forwards a while, and we've kind of been planning this for a while, and we've we've kind of managed to, to make it happen, so it's it's fantastic to have you here. How's things your side, Dustin? Yeah, going all right. Getting a little chilly again here in Paris, but just had a good weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, kind of getting similar. The wind was uh, significant this weekend. The Dartford Bridge was closed and we got stuck for two hours on the M25 coming back home from uh, from Liverpool. So it was a bit uh, bit of a tense Sunday night with the baby in the back screaming, wanting feeding. But uh, yeah, weather-wise, today's all right. So, Eric, nice to have you here. We've kind of been discussing sound design and soundscaping and all that kind of stuff for for a good few months now and as I said I'm absolutely buzzing that you've joined us to chat about it in more detail on the podcast. Do you want to give everyone a kind of bit of a background about yourself and, and tell us a little bit about Audio UX? Absolutely. Um, so again I'm Eric C, co-founder and CMO at Audio UX. Um, as head of marketing and communications of an audio branding agency my role is clearly a little different than that of a CMO of a brand that we would engage with. My my role and goal is more of market education, adoption, engaging with communities such as the way we do in, in Voice2, the WhatsApp thread, thought leadership, and, and future forecasting, what the, what the future of audio will sound like. So 
it's not only about teaching people what sonic branding is as much as it's about teaching people what sonic branding can and and should be um which which kind of leads me more to who we are at audio ux um a little behind the scenes of our name for short colloquially we can be aux which you know stands for what we stand for which is audio user experience audio ux is our, our primary practice that we perform which is expanding into new monikers such as audio vx for for voice experience now and and audio ar for augmented reality and beyond so you are an agency specifically set up to do audio branding and, and sound design is that is that right yes we we tell stories through sound so any initiative big or small we we look at it under the same lens we're either branding an experience or a full brand with sound. No matter what project we take on, the important thing is our, our process of, of the way we undergo research and, and undergo thoughtful storytelling. And so voice then in terms of the voice platforms, Alexa and Google Assistant, and then more broadly in terms of the kind of voice as an interface, is that something that you've always done? Is that something that you're just getting into? Uh, All things voice, probably the last maybe four or five years or so, definitely. I think that the skill marketplace has been more popularized in the last year or two, but voice has always been something we've considered from VO for and and voice casting for regular commercials has always been important to us and even more important now that they're becoming really the the primary brand liaison in in a voice experience as opposed to just maybe a radio advert or a commercial. So Dustin, if you if you kind of because obviously You've kind of. I was mentioning this the other day to James Porter when I featured on the the Inside Voice podcast, and I said that you are one of the few people in the world who can say that they've wrote the book <laughs> on uh, voice first development. Um, have you across the period of doing that? Have you kind of ventured much into this kind of area in terms of sound design for for Alexa skills or Google Actions? I mean, a little bit. I've certainly read read up on it uh read a couple of good books if i recall correctly on it as well it's you know it's entirely different skill set you know we talk about this a lot that uh the skill sets necessary to build a good voice application are are largely just expanding and expanding compared to uh, perhaps they're already there it's just becoming more important as as things get better and i think this is one where you certainly need a specialized skill set like eric is bringing here Mm. Eric, so is, is that your background then for you personally? I mean, as CMO, it sounds more as though you might be on the more of the kind of sales side or more around kind of like, you know, posi- your positioning, your company's position and all that kind of stuff. Is your background in, in kind of audio production and sound design and stuff like that as well? Or have you come into this from a different background? It's it's 100% on the... Uh, let me just bring my mic back up a little bit. Um, the, the way I come from it is is 100% in terms of being a, a sound creative, the, like I said, the role of, of communications and, and marketing and all that is, is really secondary to being a creative. Um, I think one of the unique things about Ox is that all of us co-founders are all composers and sound designers that have been in the audio branding industry for the last umpteen years and have all come together to really redefine what sonic branding is. And so, all of us undergo creative as much as we possibly can while also interfacing with new clients and, and communities and, and podcasts and all that good stuff. And usually the kind of the saying goes is that agencies that develop websites for clients usually have pretty poor websites and that writers that write stuff for other clients tend not to kind of do much by way of kind of writing for themselves kind of thing and, and there's all these kind of things about the thing that you do as a company you do really well for other people but then don't really invest in it on your own um, and this is the same for VUX World it's a voice first podcast we don't have our own specific skill don't have our own specific action which is a bit kind of weird considering that we're trying to bring together the community and educate people on how to do it all um so I don't want to put you on the spot, but does Audio UX have its own Sonic brand or Sonic identity? 
So what we do to stay creative internally is not by not developing our own sonic branding package like we would for a client. But what we do is on Spotify, we'll often do conceptual albums that allow us to at least showcase some of our our work and creativity outside of a a particular brand lens. So we'll we'll usually choose a sort of theme. Um, I think the first one we did was more of a, a nostalgic summer soundscape the second one was called Ruin, in which we went to uh, an abandoned sanitarium and, and got crazy with just collecting samples and sound effects and just creating these really cool and, and dark and mysterious soundscapes. And that just allows us to to practice what we preach, but without uh, literally putting a stamp on it, without literally giving ourselves an audio logo. It's obviously something we, we talk about and think about. You obviously want to practice what you preach but I think that, at least for now, it's it's not our primary focus. I think there's a lot we just want to do externally right now before we we maybe put something out like that. What do you think a VUX World audio brand would sound like, Dustin? Uh, oh, that's a good question. That is a very good question. What do you think, Ian? Um. Well... I don't know, really. I think that, I mean, the intro music is fairly kind of uh, recognisable, I think. I made that myself as well, by the way. I don't know whether people know that, but that is one of my tunes from back in the day. Oh, really? Um, yeah, 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 it is, yeah, yeah. That's, um, see, that's authentic to your, your brand. That's a good a good decision to go. Yeah, yeah, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just the intro music, and, and, and obviously just in our charismatic and enlightening voices. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all... In voice, voice branding is important. So obviously, we want to have Kane and Dustin's voices and, and exactly. Kane's music. So that's that's, that's part way there. Cool. So it seems as though it, like the whole concept of sonic branding is is I don't know if it's having a renaissance because I don't know whether or not it was huge at one point in time um, in the first place. But maybe you can shed some light on that, Eric. But it seems as though. You know, the podcast we did with Joel Beckerman from Man Made Music was really well received. And in this one, we kind of wanted to kind of drill down into a little bit more detail. That was kind of like an introduction. This maybe will cover some more of the practice. But from your perspective, in terms of the, the whole vibe around sonic branding and audio branding in general, is it is that a right analogy that it seems to be having some kind of, whether it's a renaissance or not, I don't know, but, it, but it's becoming on people's radar. Is that Definitely. fair to say? The way I, I like to say is that it, sonic branding is trending right now. It's it's popping up in in all my Google alerts um, much more often than it used to. So if you think about it in terms of social metrics, there's definitely a high a high peak right now, high trending. Um, before we zoom in on sonic branding, I think you know some of the noteworthy things that we've been discussing are are things like the Mastercard audio identity, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's new audio logo. Things like that that are popping out this year in the wake of all just the general forecasting on audio branding, I think, are what is really cementing it in tandem with voice as, you know, this that's what's creating this new wave of, of interest, renewed interest in sonic branding. Mm. We've got a clip of the, the MasterCard one because that did the rounds in the Voice 2 kind of community and that was discussed a little bit. And I'm just going to play a little clip for the listeners in case you haven't heard it. And then we'll maybe have a little bit of a chat about it after that. And I didn't know that Gary Vaynerchuk had an audio brand as well, so maybe I'll try and dig that out. But here is, this is the MasterCard audio brand. Let's take a listen. <laughs> What you just heard was the sound of MasterCard. What I thought I just heard was the sound of Mark Knopfler. <laughs> right, you were convinced. Yeah, for a while. I thought. It, I thought Dustin is that is that not Mark Knopfler? I, I don't know who or what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think I'm tainted by my mum. She just loves Mark Knopfler. He's a guitarist who sings various songs. I thought he was more famous <laughs> than that. I thought people knew him. But anyway. Apparently it's not. Apparently it was created by uh, the, one of the chaps from. Is it Lincoln Park? As as far as I can tell, yes, that is that's how the engagement was done. Yeah, so I mean that's a fairly large company. They must have spent quite a few quid on creating that 
audio kind of logo. Um, and then you said Gary, Vayner- Gary Vaynerchuk's got one as well, did you say? He's released a logo for his his personal identity. And so that's something you'll hear primarily on his social feed. So a lot of his inspirational clips and talks that he posts on Instagram will now begin with... It's not musical per se. It's more of a, a swish and click kind of thing. So how does all of this relate to voice then? How does this relate to the voice platforms and and, and the voice as an interface and voice assistance and all that kind of stuff? That MasterCard clip we've just heard, you know, as an example of a Sonic brand, how does all of that kind of translate and how does it relate to, to kind of the, the, the voice as an interface industry? That's a great question. And that, that really is the question, right? How How can an audio brand live in the voice world and, and vice versa? What's what's the relationship? How are brands doing the best that they can to create a holistic experience? So if we look at these two scenarios side by side with Gary V, like I said, uh, mainly a lot of what you'll see, or maybe it's just mostly what I see is in social, but if you engage in his flash briefing, his segments will begin with that audio logo as well. So that I see is a, a win of, of somehow tying in your audio identity into voice. With MasterCard, on the other hand, as far as I can tell, there is not any integration in a, in a voice type experience. The place it should be going is, is voice shopping and, and voice payments. If, if eventually it's leveraged that way, that will be a win. Um, in the time being, from what I've seen, there is no, there's no current manifestation in the voice world of, of any of the audio logo or, or brand themes or any of that identity. And is that more broadly, or are we just still talking about MasterCard here? That was just for MasterCard is the, is the one that has not quite leveraged it. I think you'll hear certain brands, things like AT&T will leverage their audio logo in a skill, but more specifically to MasterCard, who just, like you said, probably invested a good amount of energy and resources into creating this whole campaign for them to miss out on the opportunity of somehow engaging in voice is, you know, something they should maybe work on. I could see any number of, of skill sets that they could develop as a, as a reason to bring some of their brand into the voice space, even if it were to just showcase the, the new audio brand that they've developed. It could be as simple as the skill of play this brand theme or play this variation. Hmm. Mike Shinoda. Mike Shinoda. Yes. He's a guy. He's the from one. Lincoln Park. He's the one that made it. Yeah. Okay. So, what what are the um, if you were to kind of sum up what the sort of I don't want to say let's just kind of point and let's just kind of pick out what's wrong with voice, but if you were to pick out some of the things that are lacking from a from a, a kind of sound design perspective, from an audio brand or sonic branding perspective, with the things that you're seeing right now, specifically in the, in the kind of voice space, or actually to be honest, even from beyond voice in terms of general sonic branding, what is lacking at the minute? Right. That's I like the way you phrase it. Let's start with the the voice in general before the at large. I think what's wrong with voice from a sound design perspective is important because voice is obviously in in many ways in its infancy and also in many ways just rapidly developing a lot of huge successes to really focus in on literal voice, the, the manifestation, manifestation of a, a brand's voice as an actual human voice in this case, in an audio first platform, you're hearing someone speak. And so what, what are we doing with that? How are we taking advantage of it? So many people are just defaulting to Alexa voice or other default TTS assistant voices. Um, I think there at least can be some some more effort made to maybe use Amazon Polly and more SSML markup, different tags for breaks, speech cons, whisper, just more dynamic reading. Um, in fact, with with Alexa's new, um, with the natural TTS newscaster voice, I think that's also a really important thing to consider is that 
why not augment the the concatenated TTS we're used to into a more natural sounding newscaster voice, something to elevate the experience. So that said, those are some of your your built in options. But really, the thing we we like to consider and, and recommend to anyone getting into voice is why not take advantage of the fact that you can record your own voiceover. I know that and and the Amazon guidelines will say this too for for evergreen content and, and rapid turnover maybe it's more cost effective to use TTS in certain ways but if you're really trying to create an on-brand experience there's no replacement to actual voice for instance if you Kane were to create create your VUX world skill I doubt you would use just a TTS voice you'd probably want your voice in there that's part of your brand so I think taking that message to other marketers to really take that to heart and think about what, what their brand sounds like and who, who their liaison will be that, that voice is kind of the, the point of interaction in the experience. It's, it's who your users engaging with and it should really reflect your brand as opposed to just this equivalent of plain text, HTML, basic Alexa voice or, or Google assistant voice. So that said, that's more just literally about voice. But when it comes to sound design, I think that there's a lot of resources, a lot of opportunities. Um, I, there, that's a segment I'd like to just totally zoom in on. Much like there's the, the Wall Street Journal anatomy of a song, I thought we'd kind of look at this as the anatomy of a skill and, and really hone in on what are those moments that deserve sound. Um, what types of skills, what are these block diagrams? What are the decision trees look like? Where are those moments? How do we take advantage of them? And, and I can, I can hop into that in terms of, I, I think a good resource is now that Amazon Alexa has released their blueprints. I think that's a great place to start for people to look. Um, have you checked those out? I have uh, well, I checked them out before they, uh, when they were available in the US. I tried to build a, a dog feeding skill that told people where the dog food was, but I couldn't launch it because it was in the US. Have you, have you, Dustin, had much playing around with blueprints? I started it. I started it and looked into it and, and saw what it was providing there. But uh, you know, it's quite interesting. But for me, I don't think it's super necessary because I do have that developer background. Yes, that's that's always ideal. This this is really kind of sandbox style, but I think I think at least the important thing is it's it's a good onboarding way for people to start considering where sound would be, because it, the different you know these blueprints are are voice temp, voice skill templates, and so they can at least illustrate where a sound might be. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see a placeholder sound even in the experience. Now, there's pros and cons. The pro, at least if you're in the U.S., I know, Kane, you weren't able to publish your skill, but at least right now in the U.S., if I if I wanted to publish a skill, a super simple skill like that, I could. But the con is that for the most part, I'm really uh, locked into their default sounds. Um, we can play a few sounds from their library, but it, there's really not a ton of flexibility in terms of some sort of branded engagement. There's some simple chimes and things we can play. And then there's more kind of wacky sound effects we can play. Um, so that said, we can look at maybe a few a few of these these templates and and really break them down. Um, so let's start with a super common ideation, the flash briefing. So in the case of a flash briefing. This, this is a scenario in which, A, it's, it's pretty easy to create with a blueprint. Um, you're even able to record a little bit of your own audio here. So this is one of the only flexible moments in blueprints where you can submit your own audio instead of choosing from their, their drop-down lists of, of different kind of ear cons or sound effects. Um, but the flash briefing is, I think, such an important moment because it is 
it's something that's going to be involved in a nexus of a ton of other brands, a ton of other resources and, and news stations and, and podcasts and, and all the like. So having some sort of differentiator here is really such an important place to stand out on your own. So, um, you know, whether, whether it's a super serious type skill or more, more lax, more social, more news, I think either way, um, any skill can benefit from sound. So even if you look at some kind of flash briefing skill for something in the stock market here, um, I think something at least alluding to the opening bell or, or some equivalent of the opening bell sound, you know, that would differentiate, Hey, this is, we're, we're looking at stocks now. However, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be such a dry experience at the same time. Um, I think a good example of actually might have an example of 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 a good opening flash briefing, and I'm just trying to see what I've got enabled so we don't have to just sit through the whole thing. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to be the first one that I've got. But let me just try let me just try this, Alexa. What's my flash briefing? Here's your flash briefing from Business Insider. Ah, okay, Alexa. Hang on, that was alright actually, wasn't it? <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to find BBC, but you, did you read that one there? It's Monday, March the eleventh. Alexa, from business. Skip. Next one from BBC News. The BBC. The EU says it's Alexa. now up to MPs. Stop. There you go. That was that was all right. Yeah. See, you have two distinct experiences there separated from one another. They're high quality. They have real voices reading it. Um, another good example that I've heard is, is Reuters does a pretty good job of, of bringing in some, some voices and music. And as I mentioned before too, um, in terms of a holistic integration, Gary V's flash briefing brings in his, his audio logo. So you have the same, the same asset leveraged across different mediums. Hmm. Let's try that. Alexa, enable the Gary V flash briefing. I can't find that skill. Oh. To find skills, go to the skills section of the okay. Alexa Maybe app. I'll do it and I'll put it in after. It is. It's, it's a little bit tricky. There's a few things to choose from, and his is, I think it's Gary V 365. Um, in any case, so, yeah, we, we've already just heard a vast world of difference in in these different flash briefings so those are the kind of experiences you want to strive for bbc does a great job of that some other different kinds of templates um one being trivia which trivia can span from the, the way the blueprint's set up is a little light-hearted it's paying homage to the early days of game shows and the bombastic intros and you know buzzers and and different things like that that you'd hear on on one of those fun game shows but if you look at the way that's really formatted and see how um i i talked about this before as well how the spongebob and westworld skills are basically just taking that trivia format but but using it to augment the connection people already have with a you know, the TV shows they like that way, the, the trivia content is really based on the show and it's an opportunity for, for brands to bring in the original voiceover and the original music, whether it's from HBO or Nickelodeon to your, to your voice platform. Um, so I think in terms of a, a breakdown of trivia, if, you know, if you want to visualize it in kind of the way that invocable does is as a block diagram i think that's always a great way to assess where where sound should be because it's literally blocked out for you oftentimes there's already a recommended asset so if we look at now a trivia skill you can think of flash briefing is is more or less a branded intro plus voice plus music it's a pretty basic equation i think with trivia there's you know, opens up a lot more room for, for flexibility and, and to have more fun with it. The most important thing here that is going to repeat on pretty much any kind of experience is, is having that branded greeting. Rather than Alexa saying, welcome to XYZ experience, 
you can have a branded logo if your brand has one. Have a brand voice ambassador, like in in terms of insurance, we'd have maybe Flow from Progressive or the Geico Gecko, and and some of those experiences that they're already doing some of that work. I think it's just it's a really important time to engage the community with with that brand identity they already know. So the branded greeting is really just first and foremost just one of the most important moments to sonify. And and that said, when you want if you want to differentiate another way to really create some variation is having your branded greeting and having a flash briefing sound that's related to that but more of a a thumbprint, more of a distillation, a little shorter in case people are listening to a lot of flash briefing offerings and they just, you know, they don't want to wait through a whole intro. That way you have a little shorter snippet that tells you, Hey, I'm in this experience, but let's really shorten the distance between that and and hearing the content you came here to hear. Um, so back over to, to trivia, I think trivia is unique in that it also unlocks a, a sort of virtual voice interface component. That's not, always present when in the gamification of certain skills with trivia and quizzes and things like that there I think is a benefit to auditory user feedback when it comes to something you'll hear pretty often in these these trivia and skill games is some sort of cue that you're about to have the opportunity to engage with the skill some sort of subtle reference saying hey, it, it's going to be your turn to speak in a second. You've been listening to this skill. Get ready to participate. So having some sort of speech cue is important, especially for people who are trying to just lean back in the experience and don't realize, oh, hey, I have to actually take action now. I have to speak. I have to say something. So that's pretty important. And then typically in these scenarios, it's true or false or right or wrong. So having some sort of uh, UI sound palette to differentiate to celebrate the success with a you know cheerful UI sound, or to remind the user, "Hey, try again," you know, don't mm. give up. Um, I it's think only, that- it's only just kind of sorry. It's only just occurred to me that actually we've covered we've we've got probably some examples of this because in the last, I mean, when I when I speak about it's interesting getting your perspective on how you're approaching sound design because you're not you're not approaching it from what I thought you would approach it from, which is essentially just putting some sound effects in there. You're approaching it from every single thing that you hear, including the voices that you hear, all contribute to the soundscape, which is interesting because... So that one we just mentioned there around having a cue to let people know when to speak. When we spoke to Rosina Sound, they said that the way that they got... The way that they brought people's attention back to uh, the interaction was that they changed the narrator. So they had a person asking questions and then a person telling a story. Hello, I'm Guy Chazan and I'm the Berlin Bureau Chief of the Financial Times. This Hidden Cities Guide is designed to take you inside the most interesting stories happening here. And me? I'm Caroline. I'll be here to help you find your way around. So when someone's telling a story, then it's now your turn to, to make a decision. They brought in a different voice you know, which wasn't text-to-speech, it was still a pre-recorded voice that was actually saying, okay, now what do you want to do, sort of thing, you know what I mean? Um, exactly. That's that's a great way to to just at least subtly remind the user something's going to change. It's it's that kind of Pavlovian experience that they, they can learn and come to expect where once they hear it again, they're ready to participate. And, and exactly like you said, it's the way we approach it is it's the amalgam of all the audio you hear. And so sound effects in a way, in the way that Amazon provides them, they can be fun to augment certain experiences. But like I said, I think earlier, every, every single sound that we work on in some way is, is, is branded, but also importantly too, and and part of the name of audio UX is really the user experience of what's going to benefit the user when they're, when they're engaging in this platform. So this is such a great moment that the cue to speak, the audio cue, because it's, it's really there for the user. It's, it's helping them know what's coming next. And like you said, in, in your example, there's many ways to achieve that. It could be an ear con, it could be a different voice, but something for the user something to benefit the user. And that's really the the goal. Benefit the user with audio. 
Mm. So where's the? Because it sounds as though like when you're talking in you're talking in terms of you know, having something like you mentioned there, the queue that lets people know that now it's their time to speak and then the, the kind of earcons that might have different sounds depending on what's happening. But then when you get into the realms of choosing things like what text-to-speech voice to use to, to tune in SSML, you're not far away from having an impact on the actual dialogue because different words sound different, don't they? And depending on what you say, it can sound nice or it can sound horrible. There's nice words to use that that sound and are nice and easy on the ear. There's harsh words you can use that are a little bit more difficult to listen to. So where's the line between creating a soundscape for an experience versus actually getting into the the dialogue design and and the the structural design of things? I think... That that is definitely that area. That's the that's our Venn diagram of of conversation design and an audio user experience. So we definitely participate in both fields. That's not the primary offering of our agency, but because of the work we do and because of the teams we work with, we we end up really contributing a lot to that area in terms of, like you said, parity of speech concatenation versus more natural sounding TTS evolutions like with Amazon Polly and, and all those kinds of considerations. Um, we definitely, uh, that's, that's where we kind of bridge the gap in that sense. Hmm. So you were, you were talking then, sorry, I, I kind of derailed you a little bit there. You were talking about the, the, um, some of the, areas where you can identify places to, to incorporate sound design. You were talking about the trivia skill and we were talking about then the, the cues to let people know when to speak. Exactly. And so for for something like a game show or trivia, so I, we kind of covered that midsection. Um, the the other recurring theme, both in, in trivia and, and almost every other skill, uh, the arguably the second most important block to work with is is your exit block or your stop block. And something I've, I've just anecdotally more heard because I like to constantly monitor skills and look for good and bad examples. One thing I'll often find is even a skill that's put a lot of effort into creating something musical or, or original, oftentimes when you leave the skill, it'll default to, uh, again, just a TTS voice. So you go through this whole thing and then you get just a generic, please visit this skill again. But I think it's such an important moment to sonify because if you really look at it like, again, like a film and, and so much of what we do and, and just general, generally the way Sonic branding often thinks about brands is, is these motifs and you have the intro theme and you have the, the credit end credits music um, this is really your chance to have a sort of end credits, a, a final moment to to put a stamp down and and show some part of the experience again that will leave the user wanting to come back for more. Okay, and those blueprints that you were saying for everyone to check out are, are they are they kind of marked up to the point where there's already examples of sounds in there or uh, is it just the kind of the raw kind of uh, structure of the skill and then you'll need to figure out where to put the dial the the sound they're they're fairly structured oftentimes they'll give examples again like i said you're decently limited to a drop down menu of of existing sounds um the way that invocable does it is with these blocks then you can host your own sounds and play around a little bit there but we do a lot of prototyping on our end that way um that way you can you can host more original audio and an interchange between tts and and real voice and and play around with all the different parameters but for people that are just want to get started or or people that just only have tts and think they can just at least at least elevate the skill a little bit i always think that's a great place to start now granted for a branded experience you'll you'll want to have some of that developer flexibility because the point really is that so much can be done and right now just because everyone's getting started it's i think these are good resources to have for best practices or where sound could and should be 
But I think ultimately what we like to forecast at, at Audi UX is where can this really go? And what can a completely holistic experience sound like that really ties in with the rest of the brand that you hear everywhere else from commercials to social to experiential? I think those are the really important things. So when you have people pushing voice now beyond the skill and and like I mentioned, you, you can check out more examples on on those blueprints and everything for for the anatomy of the skill and, and where audio can be. But where it, it should go and, and is going in many ways is really taking these voice interfaces into experiential like Valera is doing with hotels and like Smart Isle is doing with the liquor store. And it, we we're pretty lucky at Ox to be only really a block or so away from, from bottle rocket where I think the Mars agency was, was demoing their, their voice shopping of, uh, of different bourbons and such. So we were able to, to check that out early. And I think it's, it's those kind of experiences that leverage voice, but really bring it to a meaningful place. Um, something that's not just a one-off, Hey, I, I tried this skill that was cool. It's something that's really integrated in, in daily life and, and really useful to the user. And so you have new things as well with voice navigation is is clearly evolving pretty far fast what what we know and, and love about Google Maps. I think there's just a whole new world of of wayfinding that we're gonna see um especially currently now at, at South by Southwest, I think there's a lot of good forecasting of how, how audio just away from the skill and, and Alexa is going to be informing our lives. Um, so one of the, the most exciting parts of this is we're going to be uh, featured on a panel. We're partnering with Bose and, and Wired on this panel to talk about spatial audio, audio branding, and, and augmented reality. And our, our creative director, Sean Thornton, is going to be speaking alongside Todd Riley from Bose about all these design patterns and, and guidelines and how people can use things like Bose frames to augment their daily lives beyond just listening to music. And I think a lot of these situations like this and, and things inside of you know, the future of, of mobility and autonomous vehicles when, when we're speaking with the car more than we are driving it. And what are those voice experiences going to be? I think that's really where audio branding is going to especially shine because now these, these experiences are just these sound worlds around you all the time. And it's, it's going to be a really exciting next few years. So, uh yeah, that's pretty cool. Eric, you were talking about being at South by Southwest and, and this being a thing. Is that something that you're seeing just on panels and in one-on-one conversations or are there products that are trying to launch us? Is South by Southwest still a thing where products even launch a la Foursquare and, and voice a part of, uh, audio branding rather a part of that? Um, yes, in a way. So people still launch like... Last year, Bose Frames was launched, but this year now they're speaking more about what what developers can do with it. So it's really about the community and different apps that can use this new platform to to do so much more. And, and part of what we're helping to identify is how people can can really harness the power of, of audio branding to augment their experiences and how sound can be such a powerful part of, of wayfinding, a powerful part of, you know, finding new experiences, a new way to listen to music, especially with, with spatial audio and, and imagine, you know, 3d ambisonic concerts in, in which you can turn around and explore different instruments and things are just going to become a lot more immersive and experiences are going to be more engaging than ever with these, with these new brand activations. And is that, I mean, you've mentioned a few things there in car, then augmented reality and all that kind of stuff. It's in smart speakers. We've kind of spoke a little bit about voice assistance and, and maybe there isn't necessarily sophisticated sonic branding happening with a lot of standard text to speech voices and not that much kind of like sound effects and things like that. And, 
pains me because I've been into kind of like music technologies and stuff since I was about 14 year old um, and I love audio but it always seems as though it's it's the like the last thing that's that's considered you know what I mean like if you build an Alexa skill it almost seems as though you'll build the skill and then you'll overlay some sound into it if you, if you can rather than thinking about audio as an experience and how you can create the most you know the, the most effective audio experience is that also a trend that you're seeing outside of voice assistants or the examples that you're giving now is audio actually now becoming one of the first things people think about i think the the tide is finally changing what what we kind of call the four a's audios and afterthought was definitely very very common um it still is but there is a lot more foresight about audio now and i think this new like I said, renewed interest in, in audio branding and the fact that it's trending and people are, are actively speaking about it is having more people consider it. And so we do now more often see people come to us with having thought about it already. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty inspiring now because, again, the, the earlier you can be involved in, in developing an experience, an audio experience for a brand, the better because... In in many ways, what what we find when when we're able to really undergo our full process is that at the end of it, we didn't just really brand with audio, but we branded through audio. That by the the time we finished, people learn new things about their brand that they didn't necessarily know just merely by listening in a new way. And a lot of the user consideration things we we bring to the table in terms of how how users are going to experience audio, which which teams we need to bring together, we're often able to break down some of those interdepartmental silos and and engage in new conversations with with new key stakeholders throughout the brand and really bring bring people together in a new cool way over audio. So I think that while audio is an afterthought, is is something that is definitely prone to happen because maybe not many people tend to think about it. I think what we're doing here with these podcasts and, and the many people writing about it on ad week and, and ad age and the verge is, is really spreading this, the good knowledge and, and market education of, of how these things can manifest. And when people see how exciting that is, and when they think about it early enough, then they can team up with the right audio partner to really create a meaningful experience that's really successful. And is that is that the core challenge at the moment? Is the core challenge is is trying to educate people and and have them think about audio as the kind of front and center in, for example, a voice experience? Or is there any other challenges that that brands are facing when it comes to um, you know? creating voice experiences yes so adoption is the challenge on both both sides though so the initial the the market education and, and just getting brands to to adopt that system to begin with is is challenge number one for brands to be interested in saying Let, oh let's actually commit to a sort of sonic branding initiative and even in the MasterCard scenario, you see the challenges of, of trying to bring different departments together to, to actually pass funding on this and, and just bringing people together to adopt even just that. But the second part is the adoption internally amongst different departments as well as the user adopting it, which is the most important thing. You can create a pretty cool experience in a vacuum. It can theoretically be a sonic identity, but it really doesn't mean that much or won't mean that much if it's not connecting to the user. And to connect to the user, it has to be leveraged in all the mediums in which you engage your, your customers and your audience. So um, an example I've, I've seen before, at least in my in my yesteryears of, of audio branding are these kind of big proof of concept experiences wherein, you know, by the end of it, there's, there's a, almost a full audio identity, but 
it just doesn't get adopted internally at the company and, and never reaches the, the consumer or the user. And then you have a scenario where, yeah, maybe the, the actual identity is created and it's somewhat leveraged, but it just doesn't catch on because there's not that holistic identity yet. It's like with with MasterCard, we're waiting to see all these beautiful places it can go because, uh, and you know, not as a negative thing, but we're we're effectively seeing the case study before it actually hits the people. So we're we're seeing the process unveiled as they're announcing it, but we haven't quite seen yet where it'll go. So what I, I would love to see the case study in a few months when when they're saying, look how we rolled it out to voice. Look how we rolled it out to these other kind of payment experiences beyond just the, you know, simple, um, you know, auto pay they have now. So w- when it gets into voice payments and things like that. Hmm. I think MasterCard is probably a unique kind of example, because obviously it's a, a quite a wealthy <laughs> company. Um, and you've got like, what are the other kind of, challenges i suppose it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on it is what i was thinking as as we as you've kind of been talking through all of this and you've been talking about dialogue you've been talking about you know recording specific voices you've been talking about entrance sounds and exit sounds and you know the whole thing potentially from start to finish and even when you were talking about the vux world thing you know using man and dustin's voice and then using the the music and stuff all part of that kind of sonic experience and there's a lot of brands out there who you know, their the brand, the voice of their brand for many of them will only really feature on the radio or on TV for traditional kind of companies. And most of the time, they're either paying voiceover artists, or more recently, I say recently, probably the last sort of twenty years, they're paying celebrities. So you'll have celebrities or actual actors doing the voiceover for certain brands. So they're actually for. I mean, there's there's. A prime example is uh, Dacia, the car brand. The new Dacia Sandero. What car's best small car under £12,000 for the fifth year running? Dacia. You do the maths. I can't remember the chap who does the voiceover for that, but I do know that he used to be in Peep Show, and I do know his face. So I know that he's an actor, and I associate now him with Dacia because that's the voice that they've chosen for all of their adverts. How will a brand who has a similar kind of setup where they might have a voice... But it, it's only a voice for radio or for TV. It's not necessarily the sound of their brand. How does how does a brand pivot from, you know, not having... So you've got some brands who've got nothing. They don't have a sound at all. You've got some who have a sound, MasterCard being an example, or who invest in, in a, a kind of bottom-up redesign of their sonic identity. But then you've got brands in the middle who kind of have a sound. They might have some intro music to play on some of the online videos. They might have a voiceover uh, on the adverts, as I mentioned. What do they do about kind of creating an audio brand do they are they kind of like all in with the celebrity actors or do they have to do something different how would you advise those brands on on where to go so as as powerful as uh, a celebrity endorsement in that way or not endorsement but actually having a celebrity be your spokesperson something that is worth cautioning at least is is this cross collateralization of of brand equity so in in a way you can compound your your success with by you know the the whole being greater than the sum of of your brand and that that celebrity voice and and that can be super successful but the other fear is that you can then also be associated with some of the emotional baggage so if you have someone in the spotlight that maybe becomes unfavorable to the public's eyes or or gets involved in a scandal, then now you're you as a brand are a little bit on the line. And even if you, you know, fire said person, now you you almost have this this wasted set of of commercials and and radio spots and things that aren't really meaningful anymore. So there is at least that to be said about when it comes to partnering with with a celebrity persona. Um, I, I like the way you're mentioning that kind of in-between type um, experience where one of the ways you can think about it is, or one of the ways at least we call it, is incidental branding, where, yeah, they might 
repetitively use some kind of intro and you can at least associate it with them. But the real question is, is it really reflecting the brand's values? Does it, is it really meaningful or is it just something they're using consistently? Now there's something to be said about leveraging something consistently, even if it's not perfectly right for the brand is, is still part of the battle. You, you know, that leveraging it the correct way, consistently using it, that's important because that will make an impression on the user. Now, whether the impression is authentic or not is up to the brand and the, the audio agency. But it is uh, a worthy, um, you know, part to tackle. So to to also uh, pivot a little bit, one thing I did want to talk about in terms of, of designing a skill and, and Putting some some context around all this is the work we did with with Nick Schwab on on invoked apps, and so I think this can tie a few of these things together that we've been speaking about in terms of of where is sound appropriate in an experience and and how do you go about creating it. Um, I think one of the the great successes we've had now that Nick has has rolled out the the new audio logo across all of his apps is that he's gotten positive feedback in terms of, oh, I can now differentiate your app versus maybe another ambient noise app or something that's another competitor on the market. I think it's it's really cool now that you know, oh, this is the premium experience that I'm looking for. This isn't just something else, uh, contender or imitator popping up. This is This is the real deal here. And in terms of those premium experiences too, the cool thing is this this experience is based around sound. And so already, you know, what, what Invoked Apps is doing is leveraging the fact that this is an audio-based platform. We're going to stream you meaningful audio for the user, audio intended to quiet you down at night or maybe block out some unwanted noise. We're really hacking into the fact that audio is, is such a powerful tool for humans, even when it comes to sleep and health and everything like that. And so when we worked to, to create the sound, we wanted to take in several factors. One being, this is obviously intended for certain rituals and, and nighttime routines where you're trying to wind down. So a lot of audio logos and jingles and stings you hear are very energetic. And, and that's clearly something you don't want to do in this situation. And that's why just trying to find a a stock jingle or something is not going to be a really successful method. And so by us designing a sound that really helps you onboard into your nightly routine and something that pays tribute to the actual sounds that you'll be hearing in terms of white noise and thunderstorms and nature sounds to have a sound that really encompasses all that that's authentic to his brand and that really onboards you to his premium experience was a very cool project we were able to do and super excited that he's really getting a ton of accolades on in the alexa world and, and being featured everywhere fantastic yeah Wicked. Dustin, any final thoughts or questions for Eric? No, I think this was this was really fantastic. Thanks so much, Eric, for coming. It was a pleasure to, to be here. Obviously, we can get as granular as we want and talk forever, but I hope that at least some of these resources that people can use and, and check out other Amazon guidelines in terms of accessibility, in terms of adding more breaks in these text-heavy experiences and maybe using sounds in those experiences too to really help a user pace the the, the reading and, and really get more engaged with it. So uh, thanks again for having me. Thank you very much, Eric. Where can people find out a little bit more about, about Audio UX and, and you know how can they follow what you've been up to and, and reach out to you and stuff like that? Absolutely. So um, www.auxnyc.com. Um, pretty soon we're going to be launching a research paper we just finished with Veritonic. Um, and this will talk about something I think that hasn't really been seen a lot yet in this industry. I think there's been a lot of research about the emotional impact music has on people. But what we wanted to do was was really kind of parlay that into things like purchase intent and ROI. And so I think we have some really exciting results that we'd like to share in terms of the increased purchase intent someone would have with um, 
in in this situation, two different smart speakers, one with a generic set. Think of your basic chip built in signal generated tones, these these basic beeps versus a premium earcon experience. And again, that includes a holistic family of sounds that we create and, and our process and the way we do that. And you know, 50% more people would prefer to own that premium experience product. And so the, the implications that has on, on a multitude of products is, is really exciting. And, and we're looking forward to put that out. And so you can find that at oxnyc.com and you can follow us on Twitter at AUX underscore NYC. That was Eric C of Audio UX. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. We've been wanting to have this conversation for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we finally got to do it. Advancing on the stuff that we were talking about with Joe Beckerman of Man Made Music, getting into some real detail there about uh, how you can actually take existing blueprints and use that as a way of trying to identify whereabouts in a skill you can fit audio to enhance the experience. But more than that, what I'm really impressed with from Eric is that He's approaching this not from a kind of sprinkling audio samples on top of a skill perspective. He's approaching it from a pure audio sound design perspective. So how do we make something from beginning to end? Yes, you've got sound effects and ear cons and things like that, but also even the dialogue. How do you make the dialogue sound, you know, in line with your brand from, you know, choosing a, either a voice actor or, you know, using the SSML and in, in, in the text-to-speech voices and Amazon Polly? really really interesting uh, perspective and I also liked uh, you know the examples of where audio beyond smart speakers is having a renaissance it's, it's you know it's it's getting into a position where people aren't thinking about it as a secondary thing they're thinking about it as a primary thing and in voice audio is all you have so audio is your most important asset so using that effectively is what it's all about and that's what Eric is doing so thank you Eric for joining us thank you Dustin as always and as always ladies and gentlemen thank you all for listening until next time see you later